I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week, host episode, we sit down and talk to me about my recent experience with a hemicolectomy and intussusception. Get ready for gross. Let's talk about it. Ew is right. Yeah, ew is ew right. Ew is right. We are going to get into a whole bunch of ew. Whole bunch of ooey. So one thing that's just ooey is the fact that you started the computer recording by using your toes on the keyboard. Yeah, Dude, nasty. my feet are like fucking chimp feet. I, I, I can like pick up, I can pick up that glass and take a drink of it. Do it. Right now? No, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> yeah, man, I got, uh, I got some dexterous, uh, dexterity through my toes. I think dexterous, that sounded right. Is dexterous right? Dexterous toes? I don't. I don't know. Good for you. They got. Buddy. They got much more dexterous while I was uh, living in the hospital. Okay, so Wait. is that what we're going to talk about today? <laughs> yeah. When were you in the hospital? Oh, dude, <laughs> guys, <laughs> fuck, I'm back, dude. I didn't even notice that you were gone. I know. I know. Because Taylor doesn't care. How long has it been, dude? I didn't visit you once. Uh, I got surgery on October third. I was in the hospital for three days before the surgery. So Whoa, really. You've been in the, you were in the hospital. Dude, you were in the hospital for a while. I was in there for uh, for uh, two weeks. Dude, mm-hmm. that's a long time to be in one of those fucking nasty ass places. Dude, and I was in the nastiest of all nasty hospitals in fucking Halifax. Dude, the Victoria General is fucking nasty. If you work there, I am sorry. I mean, the people that were there were fucking lovely, but dude, the the water's poison. Yeah. You cannot. What do you mean? The water is literally poisonous. You are not allowed to use it for anything. Dude, there's floors there that are sealed off and like rooms that are sealed off because of mold issues. How is that building not? Why? Wait, why haven't they just taken that down? Hold on. Explain this water thing. Dude, so when I. Okay. All right. All right. We're jumping a little bit ahead in the story, but. Right. Just when I got water, then we'll bring it after back. After surgery, they transferred me to, from the QE2, which is in Halifax, to the Victoria General which is also in Halifax, just around the corner. <laughs> and Pretty much the same thing. They put me in this room, and the nurse comes in. She's like, hey, did anyone give you like a rundown on the water situation? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, the water has, I don't even remember what she called it. It was like lichens or something like that. Or, Poison. Yeah, basically. She was like, the water's poisonous, so don't brush your teeth with it. Don't wash your face with it. Definitely don't drink it. Um, don't use it for anything. And definitely for sure, don't use hot water where the vapor comes up and like breathe that in. Whoa. She goes, if you ever need water at all, just ding a nurse and we have like we have bottles and bottles and bottles of water. Potable water? They just they just have giant jugs of bottled water. Is it potable or potable? Potable. Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? Potable water? Like drinkable. Anyway, whatever. Who gives a fuck about that? Uh, hi, everybody. Jeremy here. Joined by Brian. Steven. 
Yes, Stephen. Thanks. Uh, welcome, Stephen, to the podcast. We're glad you're. Did you change your fucking name? Taylor? Thanks. Yeah, just did it the it's other day. Stephen. Okay, yeah. great. It's a uh, it's a ph. It's Jeremy, not a Jeremy, Brian, and Stephen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you seen the meme that's going around lately? And it's like, <laughs> have you ever met somebody a three year old named Karen? Like, <laughs> yeah, Karens are only like show up when they're like thirty five years the, old. It was the fat Jewish. Like, <laughs> it, it's a it's a yo. Has anybody ever met a kid named Karen? Or do they just come into the world asking? <laughs> do they just come into the world as a as a forty year old woman asking for the manager? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Uh, so we are here once again, finally back in the in the sick boy recording studio here in in lovely Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, and as we were kind of diving into there, I was I was at a commish. Uh, I was real real fucky for a while, real sick. And uh, it was kind of poor timing because it was during it was right in the middle of like a big kind of hype time for us. Yeah. Um, The documentary was just about to release nationally. um, And and I was just kind of like dying in the hospital. Yeah. Can I just take a moment to like highlight how brave you are for like how you were fighting for your life and how (laughs) how brave it is of you to. Put it out there that you were really yeah. that like to, for you to say that thank you, you Taylor that you weren't uh, and just to like kind of mask okay, it for okay, everybody. Okay. So 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 basically, <laughs> let's take it back. This is fucking awful, but already this is so bad. So so far, no, it isn't. It's this great. is bad. Um, uh, there was a lot of prayers being given my way uh, when I was in the hospital. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I was praying. Dude, there was a lot of prayers being, being doled out on social media and a lot of, a lot of like really positive messages and stuff. But there was a couple of people that, that thought I was legitimately like dying, um, which was never really the case. I mean, I was, I had, I had very serious surgery and, and like I was in a, I was in a really rough shape, rough, rough spot, but I don't think at any point was anybody on my medical team, nor was I worried that I was going to die. There you go, being humble again. Yeah, uh, dude, you're so brave. Oh, fuck you're off. too brave. God damn you're it. You're too brave. So do you guys want to get into what happened? Uh, yeah, bring us back. Okay, so um, I'm really, and this is more like, this is more like ex- exploratory, but when we were, because I, you know, I want to go back and try and pinpoint like the the moment your stomach got fucked up. I don't know if you can. No, I know you can't, but I'd like to think, I'd like to think that I I'd like to think that that we can. So, when we were when we were in Toronto, fake news. Fake we're, news. We were in Toronto a few weeks ago to record a, a batch of episodes. And you were like and the whole weekend, you were you were you were dirt and nasty with your farts. Oh man, I was giving some real yeah, nasty ass nasty motherfucker farts. Nasty. You were rivaling like the regular Taylor smell. Taylor, Taylor had there is something wrong with your innards, Taylor. And you, well, I just don't think I should be eating broccoli or avocado. I think or really... anything dairy related. Like, dude, you have a yeah, definitely go vegan. You, you legit, Taylor, have there's something up with your insides. Like your your flatulence is enough to to take down a full-sized elephant it is yeah yeah um, so and you were and you were I was rivaling that. you were rivaling it hard for like for like one night there was one night when we were in toronto and i was like i got mm. real gassy our friend lexi came over i was like guys man i feel i don't i feel like bloated in my stomach like i'm gassy like i just feel like i feel like yuck 
But we also, at the same time, like we kind of, we were partying a little bit while we were in Toronto. Yep. You know, like every night we were meeting with friends or we had a live show. We were like, you know, there was, there was a lot of drinks flowing around. Mm-hmm. I was pretty responsible for the most part. And, uh, and so like, I, I just kind of passed it off to, um, just, I don't know, like physical exhaustion and, and just like kind of the, the quick sort of high paced trip we had and like the you know we were just like shoveling food down and then going to the next like recording or whatever but if you think about it the like the moment we landed and saw you because you were in toronto a couple days before us that's right you were like guys my stomach's kind of feeling kind of fucked like you oh yeah from the moment we touched down you that's were true. like my stomach's feeling fucked. that's right i was feeling a little weird yeah it was like it was immediately and then all throughout the weekend you you were all you were feeling all weird but I wasn't missing my pills, which generally, like, if I miss pills, that's where I feel really weird in my belly. But I, I didn't miss any pills on that trip. And so there was, I definitely was feeling a little bit weird, but it was nothing beyond that. And then I got home from Toronto, and I remember, like, texting one of you and just being like, dude, I just slept, like, 13 hours straight, and I feel like such a piece of shit right now. And, and I, I was think, like, and I was like, I just slept 13 hours straight and I feel great now. <laughs> and, and me too. I was like, yeah, we, I think we all went to bed at like six o'clock at night. We yeah. was, it was a hard weekend. We were all, we were all and, done. And so again, I went, oh, I'm just exhausted. Cause all of us are exhausted. Cause we have a crazy weekend. But then we were supposed to record that night with, um, a woman by the name of Ellie Mayday. Who's a, who's a ovarian cancer survivor, big, big time, like, um, model in the U S she was in town for just like a couple of days and I actually had to cut, like I, I canceled that recording because I, my stomach was really feeling super weird at this point. Mm-hmm. And when you say that you got, when you say you can't do something cause you're not feeling well, it's like, I know that you're really not feeling well. It's legit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so Becca was here. Bridie was actually on PEI because she was doing some recording for a music video and Becca was here. Like a rap music video? Uh, yeah, gangster, <laughs> PEI gangster rap. Okay. It's, it's really catching on over there. Uh, and Becca Becca was like, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I just had like these crazy stomach pains. And Becca was like, yo, do you need to go to the ER? And I immediately am like, I never want to go to the ER ever. And I'm like, no, I absolutely do not. But then that pain went straight through in the, into the next day and like hours throughout the next day. And usually this kind of thing where if I have like crazy stomach pains because I miss my pills or something, it'll last for like, you know, maybe half a day or like a few hours and then go away. This just wasn't going away. And by this point, Bridie and Becca and my mom are all texting one another. Two of which to like are colluding. nurses. They're colluding. To, yeah, all which, which two of the three, yeah, that's right, are nurses. And they're colluding to be like, to somehow convince me to get my ass out of the house into the ER. Like, Jeremy, we're going to Good Robot for a beer, all of four of us together. <laughs> yeah. Good Robot set up a satellite uh, gastropub at, uh, at, in at the, the ER. Do you want to go check it out? So, so I fell for that, and uh, we went, and there were no beers. Uh, but I got to the ER, and... Lots of fluids, as, no beers. As soon as I got there, when I saw the triage nurse... Uh, she asked, she was like, what, so what's your situation? Like, what kind of pain are you in? One, zero to, to 10, like 10 being the worst. 
And I was like, I was at this point, I'm like sweating. I can, I'm like hunched over. I can barely like breathe. Just like putting it on to get in quicker. Well, here's the thing is normally I would like in that situation. (laughs) But in this situation, I was just being so real. John Ross is listening to this. He's like, no, no, (laughs) stop it. And I told her, I was like, I think I'm at like 8.5, maybe nine right now baseline. But I hit these peaks where I go like beyond 10 and they, and they last in, in these waves of like, five or 10 minutes and she, almost immediately they were like uh okay you're you're in pretty fucked up shape so we're gonna rush you right through and i think what they thought was that my appendix had ruptured mm-hmm. uh, because of where i was feeling the pain which was like mm-hmm. the lower right quadrant <clears throat> of my belly mm-hmm. um and so they just fucking like rushed my ass right into the er popped an iv in and started giving me fentanyl and from that moment, that's when I realized oh, I'm going to be here for a while. I'm going to be here for like at least a week. Can I just say like we so f- since the start of this recording, we've been talking a little bit about you may just say thank you. Um, may I just say you may <laughs> that since the start of this recording, we've kind of been like talking about how shitty the hospital is. But like we are so fortunate in Canada to be able to go for free. Oh yeah, dude. And there was nothing in my emergency experience. uh, My ER experience was there was nothing shitty about it. You mean the free R? The free R experience? Yeah, (laughs) dude. There was nothing (laughs) shitty about it. It was like they 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 didn't they didn't waste their time. Like the people are great, and like you're saying, the people are great. But like sometimes the hospitals themselves are. The BG is fucked. Yeah, dude. They should take that fucking thing and just blow it up. Like demolish that building. And I know we don't we don't need to get like totally into a conversation about healthcare in in other countries in Canada. We're just talking about your experience right now. But do you think that somebody like yes or no yes or no question, do you think that somebody in the States would be like, man, I would go to that that fucking Leichen water hospital if it was free? Dude. Absolutely, yeah. Man, can you imagine having can you imagine Feeling the I shit. I said the yes pain. or no, Taylor. You imagine feeling the yeah. Fuck you, Brian. You imagine feeling the feeling the pain that Jeremy was, <clears throat> and then thinking to yourself, I can't afford to have this pain taken like, care of. Do I really want? Like, what if this is nothing? Yeah. You know, like, do I really want to go and spend however many fucking dollars? Yeah, dude. That's the crazy thing is like I'm sitting out. here right now. After that entire experience, like, and I went through major surgery, all that stuff. I. I haven't, I haven't pulled my wallet out once. Yeah, that's Dude, crazy. And you that's never will. Wild. And well, let's get let's get into that then. So you go in and you get doped up on fentanyl. You realize you're going to be there for a while. Yeah. So I realize I'm going to be here for a while. There's something. There's something actually wrong with me. And they start giving me pain meds. And this was this was an amazing part because I was in like ten out of ten, some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And they brought me right down to like euphoria with the with the. Uh, opioids and I was like okay great this is great my pain is being managed N- what's the next step let's figure this out and so the thing the shitty thing was is like it was the beginning of the weekend it was like late it was a late Friday night that I got there and so um, the the like surgery team wasn't kind of like around they're like dude did you hear about the new dress code at the dome they're cleaning that place up <laughs> we're all going <laughs> That's very Halifax centric, but uh, uh, we can cut it out. So, so they they send this uh, resident surgeon in, and he's asking me some questions, and they're like, "All right, what we're going to do is we're going to get a CT scan, 
to figure out what's going on in your in your abdomen. So I'm like, all right, cool. They send me off to the CT scan place. They put me in the like, you know, the fucking. It looks like you're like a time travel machine. You go inside the uh-huh. big donut, and it's like, and you're like, it's so overwhelming. You're like, Jesus Christ, turn it down. Um, and then, oh wait, they had to also enema me, right? To to do that scan so so they shoved a big old tube up my butt this was tube number one up me arse Pump. is this is this a barium no no enema? no no this isn't the barium enema this is just like let's look inside you okay. and see what's so going on we're just gonna rinse it out before we give it the old good look yeah and they gave me they gave me some diet to drink as well beforehand so so they're they're checking out from two different angles there and so they they put a big old tube in my butt fill me up seal me shut <laughs> stick me into the into the into the ct scan put you on a spit and then uh, yeah and then pull me out and i go back into the the room so i'm in the room there with becca and not like it i, I don't think it was very long after the surgeon comes in and he goes okay so you had um you have intussusception and Whoa. i was like dude my face dropped i was like what are you, fu- you're fucking kidding me, right? Like again, is that even, is that even a, a possibility? And I guess, um, what they think is like uh, when I was younger, so for the listeners who, who aren't aware, um, the very first episode that we did, I talk about my experience with, uh, in when I was like a, a teenager and it's this very rare thing. Like n- barely anybody has, you know, goes through this in terms of that age group. A lot of people who get intussusception are either infants or really old people. So, so for a teenager or an adult, a young adult to get it is like not unheard of, but like very, very rare. Mm, yeah, you'd have to be like somebody. You'd have to be like somebody who can't, you know, defend themselves. Or, you know, somebody who can't really, like, take care of, of themselves. God, you're such own. an asshole. Uh, it's actually, I guess it's co- it's sort of common in the CF community. Um, but uh, Because of the digestion uh, shit yeah. that you guys go through. But un- uncommon nonetheless. So mm-hmm. so he tells me I have it for the second time. But then they're like, you know what? We're, we're actually thinking that all of those bowel obstructions you had when you were younger, because I had a number of bowel obstructions, they were like, those were likely all like minor cases of intussusception that we were able to like take care of through enemas or whatever and just Whoa. keeping you in the hospital for a bit. So they're going, what you have, we think is this reoccurring thing and we need to take care of it. Like we're, we need to take care of it in a way that it's not going to happen again. So I'm hearing these words and I'm going, I'm getting surgery. You guys are, you guys are buttering me up to fucking open me up mm-hmm. and, and have me agree <laughs> to it. Uh, and I was, I just kind of was like, this is fucked. Like, this is fucked. The timing of this is fucked. You know, all I could think of was like the Ted talk, which is next week. Um, next week, like now. Um, so, you know, it was like less than a month away at that point. All I could think of was like the broadcast of the doc. Like there was just so much going on. It's crazy to think though, because like when, how many people do you think go into the hospital for like, and end up having major surgeries and are like, Oh, you know what? This is a very convenient time in my life. I feel like mm-hmm. in most people's lives, 
it's Dude, that never convenient. Never. <laughs> you know, no. like I'm, I'm so. I, and if it wasn't the TED Talk or the Doc, it would be something else that was inconvenient. Right, but like, for, I, like me as an average everyday person, like I always have a to do list that feels like it's a mile long. Yeah, and you never get to the end of it. Ex- exactly. And if I had to go and have major surgery, I'd be like, "Fuck!" There's so many things that I need to do right now. That's all I could think about. Was just like oh, I got too much to do. Like yeah. I can't and do this. Albeit like the like the TED talk that you're delivering next week is like a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity. Yeah. But like I I can't really think of a good time yeah. for you to have surgery either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's never a good time, I guess. Uh, what's funny? Becca just texted me. That I she took all these notes that I told her to take while all of this was happening in the early stages because I was like I got to remember to talk about this stuff and I forgot about a whole bunch of it. Rewind back before I went to the ER, I was having this like super intense stomach pain that like I was like curled up and I was like making these guttural like screaming noises and Becca was terrified and she's like, I'm taking you to the ER and I'm like, no, no, just, just give me a bucket. Just give me a bucket. And she runs and gets me a bucket and I go, (laughs) and I throw up (laughs) so violently. It was the most, it was the most intense I've ever ever vomited in my life and it was like and and becca was like that was scary like that was like demonically terrifying and she's a nurse but after (laughs) i threw up all of my pain went away and i was like oh my god why 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 would you think that would be dude i thought i was fixed i thought that was it i thought i was i thought i was good then and then 20 minutes later, the pain came back. And that's when Becca was like, dude, you have a bowel obstruction. We're going to the fucking ER. Why do you think that like, throwing up violently like that would make your some bowel sh- obstruction feel? So, so I, I took, I was like taking in a bunch of like liquids and water and I, I probably eaten a little bit that evening and everything's going down, uh, but it has up. nowhere to go. And so like, there's like, I've got this crazy bloating and I'm like, it's just like, <laughs> my, my body knows that it can't process what I just took in. So I just go and just toss it all out. It's so you're like a flooded basement, man. It's so funny. Like when I think of these, this bowel like operation, I, I can't help but think about um, housework and the, the sewer line inspections that I do <laughs> on the houses that I'm selling. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because when you talk about it, I'm vividly picturing like the video inspections that I'm doing of of lateral lines leaving the house and going to the sewer. And tell us more like, about we that. Always, Brian. We always end up with blockages in the lines and like shit in the pipes, and then you're you're looking at all of this stuff. But whenever you tell me about the blockages, I'm picturing your belly and your colon as a sewer line of a house. Ooh. Well, that's yeah, that's basically what it was like. That's just full of shit and blockages. Yeah, and with a blockage, pretty much just, what a colon is. It just goes back and rats, <laughs> lots of rats living inside me. It just goes back into the basement and floods the basement. You don't want that. Um there was another thing that I forgot to tell you guys about which I actually forgot completely until Becca just sent me this note. Uh the CT the CT scan. This was really interesting. So you I go in for the CT scan and the guy, the uh, the the tech, is like super jovial. He's like, "How you doing today?" And I'm like, "Not good." And he's <laughs> like, "Well, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you a little thing in your IV here, and it's going to. Uh, it was like some sort of dye or something, like whatever he was putting in me. And he goes, and what you're gonna what you're gonna feel is you're gonna feel really warm and toasty all over. It's gonna feel real comfortable." And I was like, okay. And he goes, and you might feel it in some weird places too. 
You know, you might feel it down around just below the belt. He or, narrates children's books on the dude, side. Dude, the guy was like, he was like, you might feel it throughout your throat. Like, like <laughs> you would do it in these ways. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. It, it would be really funny if he was doing sound effects, too, to the body parts. Like, <laughs> yeah. you might feel it in your throat. How you doing, little buddy? Yeah, dude, that's exactly what he was like. And so, and I was kind of digging it. I was like, all right, this is a nice little change of pace from what I've been feeling and hearing. And so he puts this dye in. And I start to feel that warm and fuzzy feeling all over. But then I get it really intense right around my butthole. Ooh, my yeah. whole butthole just got really hot. Oh, so that's what he meant by weird <laughs> dude, places. Yeah. That's so funny and that he didn't just say your rectum or something. Dude, it felt like I it felt like I shit myself. You're gonna <laughs> feel it in some weird, weird, weird places. places. Yeah. <laughs> so my butthole got like super hot. I don't know what it was. Uh I forget the stuff. If there's anybody out there who knows, like who's a CT scan tech or something. Uh, let us know what that, what that shit was, but he, it was, it, I had it a few times while I was in the, the whole process of the hospital. Do you think that that's a job, like a singular job? Like oh, yeah. the person only does that with oh, CT fuck, yeah. scans? Yeah, only yeah. that? Yeah, uh, uh, well, no, he injected and then he also was the guy who pressed the button to send me in. Yeah. But do, do you think he only does that? Like, I did, would like, I would say so. <clears throat> like yeah. he would have to go get a separate training to, to do like an MRI, to do the MRI. I would say probably, yeah. I, I don't like, I, I, I did to guess, but I would say you like an x ray tech and a CT scan tech, like, like two separate two people. separate things. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you it's are one specialized. of those people and you know more about that, let us know. I <clears throat> <clears throat> well, cough at the same no, time. There we go. Uh, the other thing was so, so they brought me back and they were doing, th- they were testing out three different pain meds to manage my pain in the time between figuring out what they were going to do with me. At, while I was in the ER. So the fentanyl was great because it took away all the pain, made me feel totally euphoric, but it would only last for like 20 minutes and then the pain would come back. So they only gave me fentanyl a couple times and they're like, all right, this isn't, <clears throat> it's not lasting. So we're going to try, um, we're going to try putting you on morphine. And so they would do the morphine and it would take the pain away for a little bit. Uh, but it wouldn't take it away fully. Like it wasn't quite enough. And so then they're like, all right, we're going to try Dilaudid. And I was like, fuck Dilaudid. Because I know Dilaudid makes me like super itchy and just like all it, all over. It just makes me feel just kind of nasty, like like gross. Do you have any concerns Man. like taking taking stuff like that that you're going to get addicted to it? No, dude, I was taking quite a bit of morphine for, I've never had that. I've never felt that. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of a difference. I know that people get, I know that people get addicted to pain meds all the time from taking them for pain, but. I, it was also a short period of time. Yeah. Like I, mean, I wasn't I, on it for like months. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's like when you, when you start like taking those pain meds home. Yeah. I feel like that's when you start to run the risk of I mean, developing. I have, a, I have a full bottle of morphine in in my bedroom, but I, di- I didn't touch it once I got home because I all I needed was Tylenol. Like, I think if I was on it a longer period of time, maybe there would have been some sort of dependence that mm-hmm. might have built up. But here's the thing about the Dilaudid. They would put me on it. I get that awful itchy feeling, but it was the one that actually took all the pain away and mm-hmm. kind of kept it at bay. So it was like, all right, one med to rule feel like shit but also have no pain so they they put me on and kept me on the on the dilaudid for like a good portion of the time that i was there um so they tell me i have intussusception they tell me it's likely going to be 
taken care of through surgery, but they're like, things are up in the air and they're trying to figure out like, like how they're going to do it. So in this, in this time where they're trying to figure out what they're doing, there's like a number of these, these like younger surgeons that are coming in and talking to me and asking me how I'm doing and like asking like repetitive questions over and over and over again. And there's this one like kind of like East Indian, uh, very curt, like stern guy who like comes in and he's got this young gal with him and she's a student surgeon, I guess. And he's the resident surgeon. So he's like, uh, do you mind if she follows me around? And I was like, uh, no. And he's like, do you mind if she comes in here and, and, and listens to what we talk about? Uh, and I was like, no, no, that's okay. And he's like, okay, come on in here. Like he was very demanding, like at her and like at me. So he's like, come on in. Uh, how are you feeling? Like what's going on in your, in your belly? Uh, let me see it. Let me put it. He's like pushing my belly. And I'm like, God, man, this guy's like real fucking aggressive. And he goes, uh, okay, uh, so uh, uh, t- turn around on your turn on your side. I'm like, oh, all right. So I like roll over my side, and he's like, okay, I want you to take the glove, put the glove on. So she takes this like plastic glove that the student surgeon, and she rolls on. And the whole time I'm looking at her, and I'm going, I know you, like <laughs> I know you somehow. And but I don't say anything to her. And Becca's taking all this in, and I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me, and I'm going, like speaking to her with my eyes i'm oh, going she's, she's Becca's still there oh she's she's there through the whole thing <clears throat> i'm looking at becca and i'm going she's gonna finger my butt isn't she and becca's like yeah she's gonna finger your butt and the guy goes okay i want you to loop up your finger what we're gonna do mr saunders she's gonna stick her finger inside your butt okay <laughs> he didn't uh, say butt did he <laughs> dude yeah i think he did really like, yeah yeah it, I, uh well yeah, I think you said inside your butt. Is like, that the funniest thing that you could call it in that moment, or would asshole be funnier? I think <laughs> asshole would be way funnier. If a doctor said, going to stick your finger inside your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I would I would start laughing so hard that my butthole would pucker yeah. up, and you wouldn't be able yeah. to. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think he did say rectum, but uh, he probably said rectum. But he goes, she, she's going to stick her finger inside your rectum, okay? And I'm like, uh, why? And he's like, uh, because it's what we have to do. Uh, it'll because be okay. Don't ask questions. <laughs> don't worry. We're using lots of lube. It, it won't be. It won't be a problem. And I'm like, oh man, fuck. All right, all right. I guess so. And she's like, he's like, okay. Hey, did they ready? say lube or did they say lubricant? He did say lube. Like, I think it's no, so no. funny. He definitely said lube because I remember <laughs> in my head going, that's. That's funny. Like yeah, there's something definitely. funny about him saying we're going to use lots of lube. Because like lube is lube is as a sexual connotation. Lubricant is. I don't think lube has a sexual connotation. Dude, if I was a doctor, I would you say, lube up car parts. You lube up. There's things you lube. Mr. Lube, dude. Mr. Lube. Yeah. There's a fucking car shop called Mr. Lube. Yeah, is that- there's probably also a porn company called that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's why they named the car place Mr. Lube, because it's got that sexual connotation. Sex that's sells. kind of funny. Yeah, yeah sex exactly. Sells. So, so he, he demands this poor girl to finger my butthole. She, she sticks her finger, her entire finger right up to the knuckle inside my butt. Was she hesitant or did she just slide no, it in? No, she just, well, she, she, I clenched and I was like, Ugh. and she goes, you just relax, just relax. And I was like, oh God, I'm trying. And she goes, just breathe. And I start to breathe. And then she goes, like oh, right God. up there, dude, just like Don't right up there. make that noise. Although she was gentle. She was gentle. I mean, she, she took care of me. Um, but again, the whole time I'm going, man. 
I know her. I know that I finger. Know, I know I, that yeah, finger. Yeah, I know that finger. No, I know her. And while while she's inside me, he's like, okay, now, okay, perfect. <laughs> now, swipe the finger around. I want you to swipe the finger up, down, uh, roll against the prostate, check all around in there. So she's just like... W- like waggling and wagging her finger around like she's doing finger exercises. She touches your prostate and inside you just go, my butt. Oh. <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, this is like, I can see how this might feel nice in a very specific uh, <laughs> setting. This is not This it. is not that yeah. one. Um, and then she pulls out, uh, walk, they walk out, they confer in the hallway. She comes back in like five minutes later and I was like, fuck, I gotta know. How do I know you? Do I teach you yoga? Like, how do I know you? And she's like, uh, no, we've, we've like hung out at lawn sermon nights for like the last couple of years. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I fuck. <laughs> well, there we go. That's next time I go to that. Now I'll never forget you. Yeah. Next time I go to, uh, raise some money for CF, I'm definitely going to have a, a glance over at you and. Just a little wink, be like, ah, we've, just, we've connected. She just holds her finger up in the air. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, wags hey, it at yeah, you. Yeah, she just, she waves at you with only her index finger. Yeah. Uh, she did a good job, though. She was doing her job. Very professional. So, so basically after, after all that, after like a couple of days of, of living in the ER, which they were transporting me between this like really nice ER room that was like a private ER room to this like weird prison cell room that was like off in the corner that wasn't actually a room. It was just literally like a, like a interrogation room that like the walls were stripped of like paint and like that. It was super fucking weird. They would just wheel the bed in. Um, they would transfer me between there and the ER for like a couple days. And then they figured, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a barium enema because I was requesting it. And we couldn't even see, like, we weren't allowed to go see you. No. While you were in the air thing. Yeah. So you were there for a couple of days and we weren't Did even allowed Did you guys try? To... Did you guys try to come in? Like no, was... we just, I was writing, I, I wrote you and I was writing uh, Becca and Bridie and being like, yo, like, like where's Jer? How do we go see him? And, and they were, and yeah. it was just like, no, like he's not, he doesn't have a room. You can't go yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a bit <clears> weird. <throat> it was a bit of a weird situation. Um, I guess the, I guess it was really busy and like there weren't many beds and oh, and here's the thing is because I have CF, I have to have a private room, right? They, they which, can't is a bonus, a, which is a sweet bonus, which is a pretty big fucking perk mm-hmm. in, in terms of having CF because dude, those group rooms are, oh, dude, they're, those are, oh, those draining. are I was yeah. surprised that you were in your own room actually. Cause, because I didn't know that. And, uh, like whenever I've been to the hospital to visit anybody else, it's all, it's almost always been like four or five people in a room. Yeah, no, because of my immune, my immune system, my compromised immune system, they, mm, my compromised yeah, immune they, system. Put, yeah, they put me in those special rooms, which is why when you guys come to see me, they're like, they, there's the option of like gowning up and stuff like doctors, people who work in the hospital, they can't enter my room without gowning up gloves, mask, gown, like that whole thing. Well, we only realized the, two gowns, they put two gowns on gown up and then gown. So okay. I, 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 but I thought that I thought everybody had to do that when they no, went into your room. It's just people who work in the hospital. Yeah, because they're going around and they're like communicating and 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 they're they're with a bunch of sick people. Yeah, they're just touching sick people. Does anybody else like when you walk into a hospital immediately feel like you have a sore throat? Uh, uh, no, but someone did message us and say something about you. They were like, "Here's a good drinking game. Every time Brian thinks he's." 
got the same illness as the person that's on the podcast. And I was like, hey, yeah, that yeah. sounds like Brian. Brian thinks so, I don't, yeah. I don't think that. Yeah, it's because he's such an, cause you're such an empath. Um, so, so anyway, they were transferring between this like prison cell and the, and the nice emergency room. And, uh, they decide I had requested, I was like, can't we just take care of this through barium enema? Like I'd way rather not do surgery. And they were like, mm, probably not going to work and definitely not going to like keep this thing at bay if it happens again. S- but they were like, but we'll try it to see. Maybe we can like knock this thing back and fix your your uh, obstruction. Was that a bit of like patient advocacy there? I think so. Yeah, because I don't think they would have done it otherwise. Because um, I had pretty, I had voiced pretty well that I wanted this to happen. And they're like, no, we've been to med school for eight plus years. So, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, basically, you. basically, we know you better than you know you. And actually, you know what? I I, I had been messaging MJ, MJ Bowie from uh, from the podcast we had recorded with her one time when we were in Toronto, and she was like, "Dude, no, you fucking tell them. Like, you want to bury a man? You tell them that you would rather do that first and see what happens." And I was like, "Yeah, that's right, girl. Like, I got this." She's like, "Yeah, that's right. You go, girl." The doctors, the yeah. doctors come in, and you're like, "I was just talking to my friend on the phone, uh, yeah. and she said that yeah, I yeah, should yeah, ask yeah, you yeah. for a bury And they, they love like, that. They're, they're like, that. "Who gave him a phone?" Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> there was supposed to be no outside contact. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Send me in for the barium enema, and uh, dude, I had repressed the memories of the previous barium enema that I had when I was a kid. Uh, I forgot how much liquid they fill you up with, <laughs> dude. Three bags full, dude. The, and, just when you and a say bag fill you up, like it's just dude, like a, a bag. It's just so gross. Is I'm not talking like a milk bag. I'm talking like this. Each bag was like at least three liters like they they were huge bags they were like they were bigger dude, than where does it go dude i have no fu- well you, you've got a lot of intestines so like <laughs> i don't know is it true that you have it, your intestines are so long that they could wrap around the whole circumference of the earth <laughs> no but i think they're about 15 no, meters i don't think it's that no. long what the fuck's wrong with you? i no. think yeah i think no, each person. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. In your hey, belly, Siri, in your how belly. Long yeah. Are your intestines? That is the fucking craziest thing yeah, I've ever heard in my life. Well, what I found on the web for how long are your intestines? Well, whoa, Jeez, you really chewed chewed <laughs> up on that last <laughs> yeah. that last uh, part of intestines, eh? Uh What's it say, Brian? Yeah, 40,000 kilometers, I think. How oh, long dude. do you think your intestines are? This has really cute cartoons on this website. Um have a guess. The answer is after the picture and then there's a a big uh double-decker bus, like the same type you'd see in London, England, your intestines are six and a half meters long. Oh, yeah, okay. it's not quite as long as the Earth. Not quite the circumference of the Earth, but pretty big. Yeah. Six meters? I think feet. what you're thinking about is like your veins or like your... your. What I think I'm thinking about is a joke. Oh. Is really what I you, think I was thinking the, about. You were trying to make a joke there? 
It does say that because I was like, dude, you are fucking dumb. It it does say that uh, <laughs> they would measure around something. Uh, they would they would circu- they would expand expand. No, they would go the length of a, the circumference of some object. Do you guys know what it is? Uh, well, whatever the circumference that is, eighteen feet or six meters. The head of my dick. <laughs> hey, we haven't made many dick jokes lately. Good job. Uh, <coughs> will it stretch around all the way around your bed? Possibly around an entire room in your house? Mm, Jesus, Brian, yes. get to the fucking uh, answer, man. I'm, I'm yes, bad. it will. And it's about three, <laughs> yes, it will. three quarters of the length of a double-decker bus. Oh, there we go. So that's where all that liquid went. Uh, three bags full. But here's the thing. Is when I did the barium enema back in the day, the old ways of the barium enema is they would fill you up and then you'd have to go empty out and come back in. Now, the the machine that is like attached to the tube just like pulls the liquid out of you. That sounds so much better. So they stick this tube, which the tube is no joke the size of a grown male's cock. Uh, it is a big old tube. I feel like that size varies quite a bit. Dude, it does vary, but it, so I'm talking. Like porn this, star or. <laughs> holy fuck. The tube is, the tube is like maybe if you took three of your fingers and mashed them together <laughs> about that big and about as long as like. Dude, that's a huge dick. Dude, it's like, it's like seven inches long. Like, like a flaccid elephant penis. Dude, dude, there was just like, there were, you were, you said seven inches and you had about 18 in between your hands. Yeah, whatever. You your hands up. It was about seven, seven inches or so long, I would guess, or maybe even longer. But here's the crazy thing. They put it in and then, and then they put me on this bed and they would get the, the, the woman who it was super weird the 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 technician who was like the woman that was really scoping out the the like um cuz the whole thing about this barium enema is like they they fill you with this liquid and then they have an x-ray machine basically right in front of your stomach so they're they're in real time looking inside you and they're using this liquid that they've filled you with to see where the liquid travels mm-hmm. in your and in, like in your insides to figure out like all right where's the blockage and can we move that blockage? So she's watching on a screen, but she walks into the the fucking um like not the operating room, but like the 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 procedure room where where there's the screen that she's going to watch. But she walks in like wearing a blouse and like these like casual pants, and she like had a big old purse. It's like she just like happened to just come there from the Halifax shopping center and was like in the middle of like, Oh, I was out running errands, but I guess uh, I'm here. What, what are we going to do this? She right, could have been out on a shopping spree. The, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, it looked like she was just coming in like out of the blue. And in terms of like the time of the day and like the weekend where it was, it was, it kind of made sense that she, she was just kind of doing this as a favor. So there was this old, <laughs> old lady who was the one who gave me the tube and, and filled me up. And and the old lady was the one that was like kind of shouting directions of of what to do from like the the back room where they're watching the screen. And then the woman who's like the professional watching the screen, she's relaying, all right, tell them to do this, tell them to do this, tell them to do this. It's like a game of telephone. Basically. And what they're telling me to do is like roll over to my side, pull my knees up towards my belly, bring my legs down the table, roll onto my back, roll onto my other side, pull my legs up. You're doing like exercises. It was basically like that. But then they start doing the same thing and the bed starts 
totally shifting. Like I'm basically now standing vertical (laughs) and my feet are on the base of this bed and then it'll like shift back down. So like they're moving me around all this liquid inside me is just sloshing around. Don't say slosh. Slish, slosh, slish, slosh back and forth, up and down. And then, and then the thing's over. Uh, They drain me. They just like, it just pulls all the liquid out. And the lady, the like, dude, the lady, what does that feel like, dude? The whole like thing of like the liquid going in and it coming out, it just sounds it's so pressure. It's like pressure versus nasty, not, no pressure. So it's like you get filled up and it's this feeling of pressure and it feels like you want to poop, but you're not allowed. Like you got to hold that poop in. And then when they pull the liquid out, you do no, no longer feel like you have to poop and you, and you don't feel like a lot of pressure on your belly. I'm sorry. Mm. If somebody tells me that I'm not allowed to poop when I feel like I have to poop, I'm probably going to poop. Yeah, well, you're probably not going to when you got a big old tube the size of a wee-wee in your butt and a balloon blown up at the end of it, and they're filling you with liquid. So you probably you just can't. Then. You just, you, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You probably can't. Are they like telling you don't poop, don't don't try to poop. Well, no, she didn't say it like that. She was like, you, I'm, you're going to want to f- feel like you hold it. Just like clench and hold it. Clench and hold she it. She was dancing around the word. She wanted to she say, wanted to say so don't really poop. Did. Yeah, yeah don't she poop. really wanted to say it, but she didn't. Um, so, so you get the, so you get this barium, <laughs> you get this barium enema. And, and as far as I was concerned, or the, the lady in the blouse, when she did it, <clears throat> I said to her, I was like, Hey, did that work? And she goes, there was some movement. There was, there was some movement. But that's what she left it at. So yeah. I was going, fuck. <clears throat> I, I think the thing she didn't, I, she didn't complete. I it. think the thing I really want to know is like, did she get all of her Christmas shopping done early? <laughs> yeah. That's what she was doing. That's what she was doing. Because like yeah. yeah. if you get your Christmas shopping done before Halloween, you know that you have totally aced it. This woman seemed like she was on the ball. Like yeah. she Well, yeah, she works in a hospital. So um so you so you get this barium enema, it doesn't really do it doesn't do what it did when you were fourteen. It doesn't get rid of it. Hell no. Um so and now and now basically you're left with surgery. Yeah. So I meet my surgeon. Um she comes in and basically she's like I'm done for the weekend. Uh, we're, what we're going to do is we're, we're likely going to give you laparoscopic surgery. The guy who comes in for the weekend, um, he can do laparoscopic, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't do this type of laparoscopic. Um, but the guy who comes in on Monday is like top notch. He's really good at it. Um, so you'll, it'll likely be Monday. So I'm, I'm like, oh, what? Okay. Yeah, sure. All that time passes. I'm still no surgery. And then Tuesday comes along and finally she's back on and she's the one that's like, all right, I'm going to do this. So they decide to do this laparoscopic surgery that's called a hemicolectomy. And basically a hemicolectomy is what it's the surgery that you would get if you had like colon cancer. So it is a removal of a part, a section of your colon, your large intestine, and they resect your, your, your bowels, so th- which means they, they reconnect your colon where they've detached it, like where they pull it off, the piece off, to whatever remains, like your small intestine or the other piece of your, your, your large colon or whatever. Do you guys know how long a large intestine is? It's a lot shorter than the small intestine. Yeah, but it's still really long. Is it like seven feet? 
Uh, a little bit less. It's a meter and a half. Meter and a half. Which is like just under <clears throat> five feet. So it's taller than uh, Taylor's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, my Dude, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's taller than Uriel. Dude, she's real small. <laughs> she's pretty tiny. Um, so they decide they're going to do this, this resection. Um, and here's the thing. They, the, the, the options were two options. One was a full on, like from sternum to pelvis, split me down the middle, peel me open, Ugh, like big that. old surgery like that. Or this laparoscopic surgery, which is much different. It's these small incisions all around your abdomen where these instruments go in, these tools like cameras and, and, and like other tools that do the job. And I guess it's like a video game. Like the surgeon plays the video game and m- maneuvering these tools and shit. And she just watches on a screen. But the thing about this laparoscopic thing is that it's, it's far less invasive. So I don't have a massive scar from my sternum to my pelvis. And the recovery time is much faster. So they're like, yeah, we're going to do laparoscopic. But the thing that they didn't tell me was that in general, the time that you are recovering from laparoscopic is way more painful than the other surgery. Because when they go inside you with those tools, what they, a, a procedure that they have to do to make that possible is they fill your body, they bloat your body with gas oh, so that they can whoa. see inside you. So that like there's room to like maneuver man they're just like filling you up with everything that's the pain that's the pain thing and we all know how shitty that is because if especially if you i'm sure girls too but i mean i remember being a 14 year old boy hanging out with a bunch of girls and not wanting to fart oh dude no but this is this is different than that but you hold it in for like for like seven like five hours so that is painful and and horrible you You shouldn't do that feel terrible but this is a different type that you're you're thinking of something different so you're thinking of It'd like the same kind of thing. No, no, you're thinking, Tay, you're thinking about gas buildup within your intestines. I'm talking about in your body. I'm talking about gas buildup in the in the between the fascia, oh, like within the oh. in, inside your body. So, dude, oh, they literally. I thought you meant it was in your like intestine. A, no, dude, they. they I was like, I had the bends. So, like, so after the surgery, I come out of surgery, and if you took your hand, like your your the pads of your fingertips, and you rubbed like hard on my torso with your fingers, you would feel like under my rib cage, you'd feel like, like snap, crackle, pop, like over the skin. It was like, there was, um, um, what do you call that stuff that like, um, the bubble wrap that like comes in. Yep. Bubble, Is that what it, bubble wrap? wrap. Yeah. It was like, there was bubble wrap under my skin and it would go pop, 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 pop. Like just these Whoa. air bubbles popping underneath That's crazy. Me. Oh yeah, I was, I was sucked. I was totally, uh, I totally misunderstood they, that. Yeah, different, different type of gas. <clears throat> but probably like in a way a similar feeling. Obviously not as intense, but still they they don't like empty you out entirely. I guess not. No, and like I'm, I'm my my guess is that they they try to take out as much as possible. I don't I don't really know. How but do you get rid of it? Because if it's yeah. not in your intestines, it's not like you can fart or burp it out. No, your body it's just like you your got skin's time, worse. like time. Like your that's skin, it. Your just, skin would probably let it. Yeah. And here's the crazy <sighs> thing is that there's a pain that develops in your shoulder because of it. So my <laughs> left shoulder was like, dude, it was like undescribable pain. And then the other thing on top of that, and this is what, this is what made this whole thing f- suck so fucking bad, is that this type of pain, this like gas under the skin pain, 
pain meds don't do shit for it. So like right, I'm, right, I'm right. taking morphine, but it's not doing anything. So really my morphine is just for the, um, you know, the, the incisions on my abdomen. So anyway, that was the procedure. But what they ended up doing was the, the resection, the, the hemicolectomy. And before I go in for the surgery, uh, they say, Jer, you're going to go in and there's going to be a very high chance that when you come out of this, you're going to need an ostomy bag. Um, you're going to have a, a, for a period of time for, for about six months, because if the, if where we make the, the cut is like too inflamed, we won't be able to resect. We won't be able to reconnect your large intestine to your small intestine. So we're going to have to let that area like settle down and like heal up. And then after six months, go back in and reattach it. So I was going to have, um, I think an ileostomy was what they were going to give me. And I had a, a nurse come in and she like, she was like, Hey, I'm the ostomy nurse. Like I specialize in ostomies. I'm going to like run you through everything you need to know about your ostomy. She fitted me for an ostomy. She like wrote on my belly. Like, this is where your ostomy is going to go. What's that like? Like, how do they fit it? Uh, she basically brought in these bags. She like, she like lifted my shirt and like marked with a permanent marker. Like, this is where we're going to make the cut. This is where the bag's going to attach. She attached a bag to me so I could feel it, what it would look like. Um, Whoa. Oh shit. I didn't know that you were like, that it was so, like yeah. they were really planning for you to have this. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Cause I remember the way that you kind of put it was, was that they were going most likely we think you're going to need an ostomy, like best case scenario for some reason you don't need one, but plan for it. Yeah. No, it was like, there's a, I mean, it was bad enough that the nurse came in. Here's a picture of her actually like fitting me out with the bag posted on Twitter. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We'll put it up. We'll make a blog post for this episode and put it up. Cool. Um, Taylor, do you think that there's one specific person in the hospital that does that job? Or do you think that they're like, they do a bunch of different jobs? <laughs> She seemed pretty. She was like, "I'm the ostomy nurse." She like, could be the janitor too. We're not sure. She, she, yeah, she also worked at the Tim Hortons downstairs. Yeah, well, you know what, Brian? I would probably more so think that she did other other nurse type things, um, not janitorial duty. Yo, dude, uh, I was watching Blade Runner, the original one, last night, and I've never uh, seen. I've never seen it, and I'm oh, pretty dear. sure I was falling asleep watching it in bed. But uh, is I'm Harrison sure Ford in it? Yeah. Yeah. Don't go see the new one if you haven't seen that one. Oh, really? Oh, no. Oh, and also, Dude, that's why I, fucking lootly don't. And that's why I was trying to catch up on yeah, it. Yeah, you'll be you. You'll have no idea what the movie's about. Oh, really? Yeah, no. And uh, oh. and you need to watch the three different director miniseries, like mini yeah. shorts on. Uh, this is yeah. This yeah. is so Wait. far from from the topic, but know, but but, but it, does, new, it doesn't relate. One. It doesn't relate back to this topic, but it relates to a past question that I asked. There's there was a moment in the movie where he was like, "How's your mom?" And like <laughs> that was like a pretty like key scene. In, oh yeah. In the, yeah, yeah. When he's so, when he's uh, when he's grilling the 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 skin job. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. When you yeah. asked that question, it really didn't add yeah. anything. Well, I was just referencing the, the movie that I had not seen yet. Um. So so yeah, they fitted me with an ostomy. I was. Uh, I was expecting to have an ostomy. I go down to the OR. They're like right outside the operating room. The surgeon comes out. She was a she was a she was a bit of, she was a very attractive lady and like like a very like no bullshit kind of like yeah like attractive is and she was like really polite had a good head on her shoulders um, was like like had her like her 
her. No, Brian, he, he was fucking sexually attracted to her. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, I just think she was a beautiful woman. Oh, uh, usually I'm attracted to people for their qualities. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's because you're an idiot. Uh, so, so she was very attractive, and she comes out, and she's like, uh, she was her bedside manner was really great because she right before the surgery, I'm panicking at this point. I've taken a. Uh, was it an Ambien or like they, they gave me something to calm me down because I was like like hyperventilating. She could tell I wasn't doing too well. And she was like, hey, listen, this is going to be real quick. We're going to bring you in. I'm going to do my thing. We're going to get you out. You might have an ostomy, but you know what? I'm going to do my best to make sure that you don't. And uh, and the team in there is really good. So you ready for this? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And she's like, all right, cool. And this guy wheels me in. Dude, guy wheels me in operating rooms that's where the that's where like you want to know who's killing it in the hospital they get with it whatever they want i roll in there's this big old tv and spotify is on the tv and they're just jamming to their own tunes like they just got they just got like this sick playlist going and i was like whoa yeah dude you remember that scene in in, uh, dr strange when he's like when him and the his assistant or the technician or whoever's in the room didn't see dr strange but you haven't seen dr strange me neither no Oh, dude, it's fucking awesome. Sweet. I'll watch it. Yeah, me too. Oh, man, ASAP, man. I've seen it two or three times. It's great. Oh, cool. Thanks for inviting us to watch it with you. I watched it on a plane. Uh, Two or three times. But go ahead, Taylor, with your point. What were you saying? Oh, they're like, they're, uh, they're, they're playing, uh, you know, he's, he's like a, he's like a, a prodigy sturgeon of sturgeon surgeon <laughs> he's a big fish yeah. he's just a big old big old real good fish he's a he's a prodigy fish, <laughs> he's, bottom uh, fish. He's, he's a prodigy surgeon and he's you know while he's like you know he he's like humming along and doing surgery and like and he at the same time he, he's playing uh him and like the technician have like a little game where uh he tries to put on like jazz blues, like classic jazz blues music. Uh, and he has to, he has to like say like, Oh, this is the, this is the artist. And this, the record was released. This you know, movie sounds this boring year. as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? That, like, I'm curious about, I'm curious about like the surgeons having it made in the hospital. Like, well, dude, do, so not, but I didn't even tell you the full thing, <clears throat> but I'm just wondering, like, do they have free rate? Like, are they so, highly appreciated oh, and like desired ba- in the hospital that they're like, oh, if this surgeon is really good at like doing this thing, he's allowed to smoke cigarettes oh, while yeah, he dude. does it. No, well, I didn't, you didn't let me finish. I go in, so I look up and I see the... the nation in the surgery I room. see the Spotify. <laughs> and then I look across and the uh, the, anest- the anesthetician and somebody else, I guess like some, uh, maybe like a, an assistant or something, they're playing ping pong in the corner. No. Yeah, dude. They had a ping pong table, and then over on the side there was a stripper pole, <laughs> and uh, and like these like crazy lights that were going off. Although now I don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah, were they actually playing ping pong? We'll never know. Oh, fuck oh yeah. so uh, so I go down and uh, and I wake up, uh, and the 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 only oh, thing you were just yeah, high yeah, as fuck. Yeah, I was thinking that. You were just high as fuck. <laughs> the only thing I remember hearing when I woke up was, uh, "You don't have an ostomy." It was the first thing I remember. The, the only thing I remember was you don't have an ostomy. And I just like, it was like, I, I think I started crying. I think I was just like crying from relief. Cause like that, I was, I had a big fear like of that transition of going from living life without an ostomy my whole life to just all of a sudden having one. Which, which I find yeah, kind of interesting scared about it. because like obviously not being in that situation um, myself, 
like I, I, I can't really put myself in your shoes in the, in that situation, but all the conversations that we've had with people who live with ostomies for their entire lives, they make it sound so manageable. Oh yeah. Those conversations for sure helped me manage the idea of coming out of surgery with one, but, but still, still nobody wants, nobody elects to go, Oh, I get to have an ostomy. Great. Yeah. No let's do that. Yeah. But until, until you <clears throat> went through this experience, I was kind of under the impression that like if I ended up in that situation and they told me that it was only for like six to eight months, I'd be like, okay, shitty, but manageable. Yeah, which is exactly what I was going through. But also that part where you go, okay, shitty is where you're going. It's it's not just going, oh, that sucks. It's it's going, oh, my fuck. <sighs> Dude, like, I really am not looking forward to figuring that out dude you're so brave <clears throat> dude super <laughs> dude super brave um so but they gave you they so didn't they take out a a okay, whole yeah. fuckload more than they said they would yeah and your your g your g your gb yeah your GB. so so w- w- before i went in uh dr newman the, my my uh very talented and very attractive surgeon uh, she was like, look, I'm probably going to take out, I'm going to take out your whole uh, ascending colon and part of your transverse colon. So if anybody's not familiar with that, if you, if you ran your, your hand from the bottom right side of your abdomen up to about your rib cage, that's your, that's your ascending colon. And then the transverse colon goes all the way across from like right to left. So it's like an L. It's like a big bridge. And then the descending colon is the is the other leg of that bridge and it goes all the way down to the bottom quadrant of your left side. So she was thinking I'm going to take the whole right side and a li- like half of that bridge that goes from the one side to the other. Uh but what she really did was she took my whole ascending colon, the entire transverse colon and a little chunk of the descending colon. So she removed base. They never said this to me, but I just kind of like worked it out. I was like, that's about 70% of my large intestine. Like you, you took about 70% of my colon and removed it and they pulled it right out of my belly button. I have this like gnarly, sweet little scar there. Um, but while she was in there doing this, you know, surgery, she was going, holy fuck, uh, it's a mess in here. I got to take out way more than I thought. And also what the fuck is up with Jeremy's gallbladder? Uh, apparently while she was in there, my gallbladder started turning like gangrene. And so she called this other specialist down to the surgery, the OR. And the, this specialist was looking at it and he goes, boo, you got to pull that fucker right out. <laughs> so they removed my entire gallbladder. He's like, I'm just going to be here uh, smoking this corn cob pipe and yeah. Uh, yeah, watching was- these guys play ping pong. He was playing pool over in the corner and he goes, <laughs> right, yeah, take yeah. it out. Um, so they removed my gallbladder because it was turning gangrene. And I think. Which is rot. Which is like rot. Yeah, it was like, it was rotting. And and I. Um, I maggots? Was there maggots? Uh, the, yeah, yeah, there were. Yeah, they were, they were starting to fester. Dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Brian. Don't. So, uh, so they, they pulled that out and. Uh, and which I guess like it's not a big deal. We don't need our gallbladder. It just stores bile. So it's like one of the, it's kind of like your appendix. It's one of those 
um, organs that is not like necessary to, to live with. Um, so they just pulled it right out and I came out of the, I came out, uh, was told I didn't have an ostomy, but looked down and realized that I had a, um, really tiny wiener. Uh, well (laughs) I did have a tiny wiener. Uh, it was all shriveled up and inside that tiny wiener was a catheter, a big, a very big catheter. And, uh, and they, they were going to remove it that night. What's the girth of one of those puppies? Dude, don't say like, girth. <laughs> um, picture like, like it was a tube, like, uh, Oh, I'm picturing like, uh, you know, like the Seven Eleven Slurpee straws, like the thickness of those. Um, thing. Not as that. No, it, no. It's like as thick as like a McDonald's straw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Okay. that actually, that's probably exactly the, the, the McDonald's Dude, straw. that's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. And Dude, your and, wiener hole is so small. I, well, yeah. At that moment, it wasn't. And also, there's a balloon attached to it at the end. Um, but it, actually, if you listen to the episode of Turn Me On about sounding, um, you'll you'll actually learn that the penis hole can actually uh, handle like the girth of a finger. Yeah, this is true. Why is it called sounding? I don't know. But they, they but I was sounded with a with this with this uh, uh, oh, catheter. Oh, I've got a question. Feels weird. So apparently, I, I don't remember this, but apparently, mm. as soon as they wheeled me out of the OR, they wheeled me past the like waiting room that my family my, my entire family was in and as i'm wheeling by i just turn my head and i go there's a tube in my dick <laughs> and everyone started laughing your dad just started laughing so, um here's my question though so <clears throat> you had two procedures done that were uh both medical procedures however are also enjoyed uh sexually as well so <laughs> the finger in in the butt yeah and the and the tube in the penis hole yeah which one was more enjoyable for you for, from the medical sense. <laughs> Definitely the finger in the butt. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. dude. The oh, removal, God. the removal of the the catheter was it was scarring. So there was no like oh. there was no moment where you're like I could no. possibly get into sounding. No. Okay. I, I couldn't feel the catheter when it was in me. Like I, I didn't know. But when the so the guy who pulled it out was this. Um, God, I phantom pain. This man. like phantom younger pain. younger nurse, and he was like he you know he was like hey man. So we're going to remove that catheter. And like the way he was saying it was like, oh. this is going to suck. And, but don't worry, it's short. It's Can't they quick. just like fucking like, f- like freeze your wiener? Dude, I, I was, and also I'm already on so many pain meds. So like, this is all very cloudy, but I remember he sat down next to the bed and he goes, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want you to take a big breath in and then a big exhale. And on that exhale, I'm going to pull this out. Oh. And dude, here's the thing is that the tube, it's not a hard tube. It's like, um, you know, those like, uh, stretch bands that people are like attached to their doorknob and like use as like an exercise band Yeah, and yeah. like it's, it yeah. stretches like pretty long. So picture that and picture like pulling that, that, that elastic band, like you're, you're tr- really working your, your arms and you're pulling it, pulling it, pulling it. And then it snaps off the door handle oh, and goes <laughs> Jesus like that Christ, and like dude. snaps back and hits you in the hand. Yeah. So that is exactly what happened Aww. when he goes one, two, three, and I go, and he pulls, and it stretches. How and long it, is it? How long? How long was it? It it was a long tube. Like, did, did how he, much long? But here's the thing: he pulled, and it started stretching, stretching, stretching. Did your wiener and then the stretch? whole thing goes, just like like a sneeze goes, and just like snapped out. Ah. Was your wiener stretching too? Yeah, yeah <laughs> my dick was pulling with it. Was, was it like, really? It was like, oh god, this is terrible, dude. Horrible. This pain. is horrible. Now here's the worst part. 
it it came out and it felt real dry coming out. Oh, oh. no! Don't and say then, that. And then I like queefed out of my wiener. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, like air came out. It went. That's cool. <laughs> no, it hurt. Oh, it like it was man. painful. Dude, oh. this is terrible. Yeah. Man, we've had so many conversations about catheters, and this one's really visceral, viscerally like affecting me. It, dude. It's a different. I think it's a very different type of catheter than like what say someone would have like on a day to day basis if someone needs a catheter. Like you know, like I feel like those catheters are like very small, like almost needle like. Whereas like this thing was like a f- this thing, dude. This thing was like a pencil, like, like, like a garden hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's kinda, gnarly. Yeah, that's super gnarly. It was. Dude, it was awful. Dude, I, I, like, I'm not gonna fucking sugarcoat it. It sucked. So the it was it was horrible. The one of the um, interesting experiences, or like one of the things that I learned through this whole process with you, was uh, to go back a little bit to immediately after the surgery when you were in the the IMCU recovery room. Um, Taylor and I went to see you. Ooh, that was sad. And, yeah, and and uh, we were talking earlier about like how we gowned up and and there was this cart outside of your room and it had these like gowns on it. It had uh big gloves on it. it and, had, it and it was like in the, in the, the, the room was like, there was, it was like sliding glass doors to get into the room. It felt like a basement dungeon though. And there was like, and, but there was a, but there was a, you know, we could kind of see Becca and Bridie that they were in the room, but there was a curtain in front of the bed. So you couldn't see us. Yeah. And when we went in, we asked where your room was. And they and the the nurse or the doc there was like, "Yo, uh, you gotta you gotta suit up." Yeah, they were like, "You guys gotta gown up." Yeah. So we. And what's funny like- is you guys were like, "Oh, sweet! Like this is a perfect opportunity for us to like do this fucking clown routine to like cheer Jer up." Well, dude, the but what you guys didn't realize was the severity of the surgery. But- like you guys thought I was gonna be like. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, like, come on in. Yeah, so well, did you bring a beer? Well, I actually, <laughs> but I actually heard, I heard that. So when you, when we found out that you didn't have the ostomy, I thought you were going to be in like really great spirits because I, I knew that you were Dude, afraid. Is, is this you sleeping? This is a photo of pro, like of basically probably moments before you guys got there. Did you we'll cut like, this up too. You look like Frankenstein. So, uh, so, and I, I assume that you're going to be in really high spirits because the surgery went really well and no were, ostomy. Exactly. Yeah. So, we and dude, the mask that they had on that cart, it was like one of those the face masks that you wear for operating, but also had this like uh, plastic shield that covered your eyes. So it was like this like solar shield. Yeah. Um, it's like it's, it's like mask. what you'd wear in like a if you were like trying to work with a zombie or a blowtorch. Like if you had a yeah blowtorch. yeah yeah yeah. So so Taylor and I put all this stuff on and we're like looking at each other laughing and yeah. giggling in a bit. We're like we're so funny. We're like Jared. We're, Jared's gonna think this is hilarious. What's funny is I don't actually rec- I don't really recall that moment, mm-hmm. but like I I vaguely <laughs> do. But in my in my memory, the way that I've pieced it together is I I picture you guys with these gloves and shit and like all gowned up and looking silly as hell. And I literally picture like Bridie and Becca sitting at my bed being like really somber and like, Oh man, this is heavy. And then you guys kick the door open and you're like, we're here. It was, it was almost exactly that without us kicking the door and without us like announcing our yeah, presence right. like that, because I think the outfit spoke that loudly anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so we, we walked in and we were kind of like giggling a little bit like, Hey, like everything went well. Right. <laughs> and the, meanwhile, I'm on the bed just like, uh, uh, dude, it was, it was real. It was real sad because I was expecting 
you to be, I was expecting you to be coherent and I was expecting you to also, <laughs> which, I was not. which you were not. And I was also expecting you to be kind of in this, like, you know, you know, I just had surgery, so that sucks, but it went well and I don't need an awesome So like, you know, I'm in generally I'm like good, happy, good yeah. spirits for the good news, Yeah, but you were fucked up. And also it was super hard to watch actually when you, when you, you had your incisions and obviously they were fresh. You had had surgery the night before and you know, you have CF, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. So, so and you cough a lot. So <clears throat> when you had to cough, it was so painful. It was so painful. And you had the gas and everything. Yeah. You were and, like you were real fucked up. And I was going and, and and right before you would cough, it was like you knew that you had to, but you could hold it back and you but you and you were like planning for it. And dude, the the There was like fear behind dude, the it. The fear in your yeah. eyes when you were going, you sat up and you because you weren't really paying attention to Brian or I or at all. Yeah. You were like you you kind of you you would kind of talk to Becca or Brody if you needed something. And you would look up. I remember you looked at Bridie and you were like, I, I got, I got, oh, I got a cough. But it was like, oh no, I, I got a cough. Like, oh fuck. And you were, yeah. you were, you started to cry. Yeah. And, and because you knew that you were about it was to just go gonna through be this pain. For a second. Yeah. It yeah. was so sad. Dude, it was awful. Yeah. It, I like the recovery was really rough. Um, you know, like, so the thing was like in those, those days, the, those, those first two days, like when I was in the IMCU, um, like that, it's all very hazy. I just, I do remember it was, it was quite painful, but they were keeping me pretty like induced and like drugged up. So like, it was a very sort of, there's a lot I don't remember. I do remember getting a package moments after surgery, like literally like I get this package, like within the, like that one day. And it was before you guys had arrived, I think like before you guys even got there. This nurse comes in. She goes, I have a package for you, Jeremy. And I'm like super out of it. I'm like, what? And it's just like package. And it's like two Jeremy Saunders. Uh, 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 and the address is like QE2 emergency, like IMCU unit or whatever. And I'm like, Who's, who sent this? I thought it was you guys. I open the thing up and it's this, it's this like big fucking pink leather strap on dildo triple dildo set so like the when you wear it uh it's it's for a woman because uh there's two dildos that when you wear it one goes up your ass one goes inside your vagina and then on the front is a dildo that you fuck with and i'm <laughs> I'm looking at this thing going oh my god trying not to laugh because it's so painful but i am but i'm also like i have no energy and i and i really don't care about anything and I'm, i just so i just like kind of go this is silly and i just put it on the bed like right at the foot of my bed. And of course the nurse comes in to take my vitals like, like five minutes later. And she's like, she just she's sees like, this shit on the bed and is like, what the fuck is going on in here? And I'm like, I don't know. And it's like a big, the three big veiny black dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's, it's like, it is super veiny. It's, it's intense. So I thought it was you guys. I thought it was you guys convinced it was you guys forever. I find out two days ago is our friend Jesse, uh, Jesse Heyman from Toronto. We've had him on the show before. So uh, it, it cheered me up. Thank the, you, Jesse. And and that's the thing that I wonder, like that, that's, a, that's a bit of humor in like otherwise a pretty dark place yeah. during your recovery. Oh, yeah. And, and I was wondering, it was, it forced me when we went in and dressed up in the gowns, Taylor and I, it forced me to kind of like 
look more introspectively, like where does humor fit in all of this? And like, especially with the conversations that we've had on the podcast, like how is, is there not a right time for that? Is there a time where it's, it's just like, okay, we're in this dark place and we just have to sit here and be in this moment. I think that's a thing that, I think that's something that we know that though, you know, like it's, there's always a time and a place, right? And it's like, it's know your audience. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a time and a place for some things that, where humor is, is very much needed and like, and welcomed. But then there's also times where like shit sucks and, and certain types of humor just aren't necessary in that moment, you know, like, but, but also just like take things into consideration and know that very soon that humor is going to like, you know, when I was, when I was, you know, getting my butthole fingered and, and, uh, you know, I was getting like, you know, the enemas and stuff in those moments I was going, this is awful. This is just like, this feels awful. This is horrible. But as it's happening, I'm going, Becca, open up notes on your phone and just write down, um, uh, very aggressive, uh, doctor and, uh, cute girl from lawn summer nights fingering my butt. Like, <laughs> and in my head I'm going, this is awful. But also, I'm going. This will be. This is going to be fucking great later. <laughs> like, this is good material later. <laughs> so, and and I think I think that that's great um, that you are able to do that. And I know I know as far as I know from from speaking to you too, Jared, that like that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. To oh go yeah. Through those those moments. And like too. you know, you when you guys were there, when you you, you came in to hang out. Um, there was, there were some times that like, like Taylor, you were, you were, we were just talking about this earlier. Like I was like, I'm laying in this bed. I'm barely like acknowledging you two. I'm, I'm in so much pain and I'm hot. I'm so hot. Like I'm sweating and I'm like, fuck, I'm too hot. I'm I'm too hot. Brian, Brian, I'm too hot. And so she's like, she's like taking clothes off me. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. Like I just need, I need to, I'm too, I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm hot. <laughs> and Taylor's like, Oh dude, dude, that reminds me of the scene from walk hard where he's like, I'm too hot. I'm too hot. And he's like, he's, he's going through withdrawal. From, we need more blankets. Bring me more blankets. And I, and it, I remember that scene and it's so, it's one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. And you start saying that and I start laughing, but I'm also going Taylor, please stop. Like, <laughs> laughing right now it, it hurts so much i like the last thing i need is to laugh because i'm in so much pain but it was super funny and then like you know a few days later when i was feeling a bit better i actually went back and watched walk hard and it just it felt so good we need more and less blankets at the same time <laughs> so funny well, um dude i'm glad you're i'm glad like you look so much better now yeah than you i mean in the last couple of weeks yeah so it's been i think we're literally three weeks since the surgery mm-hmm. and um i'm back to it took a little while like like my diet was very different in the very beginning like i couldn't process any fat because of my gallbladder being removed um or like you know very minimal fat as uh, um but the, I slowly kind of reintroduce things. I can I can pretty much eat anything now, um, which is nice. I'm kind of back to normal that, in that way. Uh, my energy levels are super low. Like I'll get exhausted pretty quickly. Um, but I'm like fully mobile. I can function. I'm I'm yeah. I'm like back in action, which is sick. Like just in time for fucking TEDx next week. Um, you know, I I was able to actually watch the doc 
the broadcast the night that it broadcast nationally, which was mm-hmm. nice. Um, so yeah, to to kind of end this off, I have two final questions. Yes. What has this whole experience <laughs> taken away from you? Uh, it's taken away my. Uh, you know what? It's taken away from me. This Don't kinda, say your gallbladder. No, 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 no. This is kind of nasty, but it's it's taken away my ability to have a a nice formed like solid poop. Right. Yeah. Because that's where the water is like in your yeah. large intestine. So I lost most okay. of my large intestine. So all of the, uh, uh, that whole process, what your colon does is it takes all the, um, the, the water, it, like it, it like sucks the water out of your shit. That makes it a nice formed poop. Right. Um, I don't have, I, I don't have nearly as much of that space now. So my, my poo poos are, uh, they're just like, forever softer than they normally would be. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I don't have diarrhea all the time. I've, I've, I have formed shits now, but they're like, they're not what they used to be. It's kind of, and soft. they used to be real satisfying. You know, they used to be like, I would go, yeah, wow. Look at that. I'm a man. Look at that manly <laughs> yeah. shit I just took. Wow. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. This is underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> cleaner though it's a it's a cleaner it's a clean like, is it cleaner yeah, i find i find that the ones that are the most solid mm. and like just kind of finish themselves well, off it's i thought so yeah, too. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I thought so too but this is a it's been like a sort of ghost type situation since are, oh, you, cool. uh, are you a buncher or a folder yeah we, we've gone into that uh and what has this whole experience given you uh it's given me it's given me I mean, you know, it's like the same. We hear it every time, time and time again, but it's giving me perspective on on how I manage hard situations. Like it's it was there was a really big learning curve there where you know, the the really beautiful thing about this whole polyamorous relationship thing that I've been I've been doing for the last couple of years is I was really lucky in that Bridie and Becca were both there to like support me through this, uh, this process and they would kind of tag team off back and forth. So like Bridie would do a shift and then she like had to go work or she would go to PEI for like a couple of days and then Becca would come in and do, and like kind of take over. And, and then my mom would sort of be in with it, like within the two of them, like, like and they'd all have a back and forth. They like in the polyamorous, yeah, your mom's in that. My mom, my mom got involved. Dude, that's um, interesting. Uh, no, but like my mom was a part of all of it in terms of like the communication between Bridie and Becca. Do and, you date your mom? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Did you so, date your mom? Uh, so, and like noticing. So, so it was a, it was an eye opening experience to notice how when when. Bridie isn't burning out from trying to take care of me uh, because she has the support from Becca. It makes it easier. It made it almost easier for me to like give them the support that they need to, to like help them through because like, you know, I I'm full, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain and I'm like, I'm fully dependent on somebody else. And so it's like, I felt like I was being not a burden, but like I was, I demanded a lot from like, from people but because Becca was there and be- and Bridie was there, like I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, um, I was, I was burning them out, mm-hmm. and and because of that, there was I, I wasn't falling into this like trap of almost resenting 
them because like, it's like, well, what else, what else do you expect? Like, I can't do anything. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like it was, I don't know. It just, the, there was, a, there was something very easy to the process that I, I'm not used to. And so do you think, um, it's, and not, not necessarily, not that everybody who relies on a caretaker should have, be in a polyamorous relationship, but no, but the thing that you can, you can take away from that if you're in a situation like Jeremy as a listener, um, is that having multiple people who you can depend on. Having not, a really good team, like yeah. having a really good support team is super important. Right. And not, and not. Cause I feel, I feel like if it was just Bridie, like if just yeah. Bridie was like the one who had to like, who was taking care of, I feel like she would burn out. And then, and then, she, you know, there would be like, and not resentment towards me, like, as in like, fuck, why are you sick? Like, I can't handle this. But like, mm-hmm. just natural feelings of like, ah, I don't have the energy to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I would start to feel resentment in, in like going, well, I can't do anything. And so like, fucking, I get where you're coming from, but also help me or just get out of the way and let me like, let me just suffer and, and, and like wallow in this. Having this like really large team behind me to support me just made it, I don't know, it was so much more manageable. And there was also a real beauty to it, like to just watch it from like kind of pull back and look at it from the outside and be like, wow, this is so neat. My mom, it, this was like, it was like my mom got to know Becca through this process. Mm-hmm. Like my family, That's it was like sweet. my family like got to know her. And then, and then through that, they invited her to like our Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, like, it was just like, I don't know, it was just a really beautiful, it made me, what I took from it was how lucky I am, Mm -hmm. how lucky I am to have like such a sick team behind me. Well, you know what, Jer, um, I know you'd never admit it, but I know you were pretty close to the edge there for a bit and, um, (laughs) and I'm just real happy that you, that you came back from it. Uh, Hey, you know, I was knocking on death's door and, uh, (laughs) thankfully he didn't answer. Yeah. Dude, that's a song. Praise the Lord. He did not answer the door. We could definitely write a song about knock, knock, knocking on the devil's door. Uh, yeah. Um, Um, big, big, uh, Actually, maybe we'll cut this part, but the the one thing, did you guys see the message from the pharmacist in Dildo, Newfoundland? I did, yeah. No. I did. It was amazing. So uh, that, what was her name? Uh, I can't remember. All right. Um, so there's a pharmacist in Dildo, Newfoundland, who reached out to us and was like, hey, if you ever want like a pharmacist's opinion on anything, I'd I'd like to be your go-to person you can call. Yeah, her name's Laura. Uh, Laura, the Dildo Pharmacist. Uh, Laura, if there's anything that we brought up today that she might know about the why my butthole was feeling so warm uh, all over and my throat, the warm sensation hey, all through your body. You're going to feel it in weird places. So, Laura, the dildo pharmacist, if you know what that was all about, please let us know. And uh, and then the other message was we got one uh, from a listener who was suggesting that we we... Um, do a few more episodes on caretakers yeah. and, and their, yeah. the impact that they have in dealing with someone who's yeah. sick. And I think that that's really important. And the way that you wrap that up there and, and spoke about how important your caretakers were yeah. in that situation. I think that that's really valuable yeah, that's a conversation good point. To, to have. Um, well guys, it feels good to be back. This was a nice long combo. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope, you know, we love doing these host episodes and usually they're a little different. They're a little more silly. But uh, we hope you you enjoyed this, and yeah, you uh, better. It feels good to be back uh, back in action, back to recording. We're going to be in Toronto uh, this coming weekend, 
Uh, we're going to be recording some episodes while we're in the city. Uh, I'm going to be talking at TEDx Toronto on uh, on Friday. Um, and we're really looking forward to all that. Uh, big, big, big thank you to everybody who tuned into the, the broadcast um, of the Sick Boy documentary on CBC. If you missed it, uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, you can find the YouTube link um, through our Facebook or just go to YouTube and look up Sick Boy, the documentary, and you'll be able to find it there. Uh, and actually, I heard that here's the thing. I heard Melanie, our friend Melanie from Salem down in the States. She said she watched the YouTube link and it wasn't restricted. Uh, so if you're in the States, check it out. Go Secret to YouTube. William. See if you can check it out. Cool. Um, as always, uh Head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. We're actually, we've been topping the charts uh, since the broadcast. And Nailing it's been it. Super cool to be up there next to Joe Rogan and our our, our buds over at uh, Tarrant and Torrance. Yeah, and super important to keep subscribing. Uh, even if you've done it once, just keep unsubscribing. Subscribe. <laughs> don't, don't, do don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. that. Just kidding. That doesn't work. But tell your friends to, to subscribe because that's one of the key factors yeah. in staying up on those charts. Yeah, if and- every one of you gets one friend to subscribe will double the, the whole, amount of people. Yeah, the whole world would be subscribed. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and uh, if you want to support us, uh, we we would gladly accept your support. Uh, we feel what we are doing is, is massively important. It has become the most important thing in our lives, and we appreciate all of your support. You can go over to patreon.com slash sickboy. Uh, to show your support and also get some pretty sweet exclusive shit over there. And huge shout out to Sarah McKinnon, Chrissy Trafford, Gregory Skelton, Lindsay Stewart, Glore, Robert Westgarth, Sandra Miller, and David Athas for uh, donating or becoming patrons this month. Hey, how about that? Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? You get a really sweet little discount on uh, merch over uh, in our merch store if you're a, uh, a Patreon subscriber. And we have just recently released uh, a shirt... Uh, a Team Taylor shirt, a Team Brian shirt, and a Team Jeremy shirt. And if you want to show your support for your favorite shirts, for your I favorite sick boy, shirts. oh my god, they're so amazing! I just like you can go over, get a Team Taylor shirt, you know, show your support for Team Taylor, or get a hat, or get a sweater. Uh, there's other better merch over there, or but- Team Taylor shirt. Shout out, to, uh, shout out to everybody. Hashtag Team Bry. All the Team Bry out there. Love uh, you guys. Donovan Morgan, uh, we love you. Thank you for the sound design. And uh, let's. I, I, I want to do it again this week, but Asif and uh, Shabab Ilyas from the Shire, uh, thank you for providing us with the closing music for this week. Uh, it's also part of the documentary. And thank you, as always, to all of you listeners for being a part of this and continuing this conversation because this just doesn't happen with the three of us. We want you guys to have these conversations in your everyday Lives yeah, totally. Too. Thank you to mom and dad. Really? This week. Until next week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.